The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Coming up on Life Today, international Bible teacher Beth Moore encourages believers to be built together in God's temple. We are meant to be a site to behold, a place for the very presence of God, for the anointing of God, for the power of His Word, for the deliverance of people bound. Join us for Wednesdays in the Word as we learn how to unite the church for the glory of God. Next. Today, this is Wednesdays in the Word, and with Beth Moore, you're going to be blessed so much. Well, I appreciate the opportunity of presenting to you someone so anointed. She's going to talk about building up the body of Christ and about the, the necessity of building the body where we fit together in supernatural unity. And it has to be supernatural if it's real unity, and we desperately need it. But then there are those forces that are continually trying to tear it down. Principalities and powers of deception and darkness and destruction. And we don't ever want to work in harmony with that spirit. We want to work in total sync and harmony with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ in us. Let's listen to Beth Moore. I think you're going to be mightily blessed. Here she is. Welcome, Beth Moore. Would you? talking about in this present series, coming to some understanding with one another, that we don't always have to agree, we don't even always have to understand one another, but that we are a body of believers, all of those, every one of us who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and call Him Savior, we are family, we are family. Now, we're going to draw a parallel. I'm going to really need your patience in my first reading segment because it's going to be long. But if, if you'll just be visual with it, if you'll picture it, if you'll picture what is happening on the page, we're going to go to this Old Testament portion where we're going to see that David is calling upon Solomon, his son. This is just prior uh, to King David's death. The year is 970 B.C. David um, is very, very near the end of his life, and we're not sure how old Solomon is. But here's what we're seeing. He has got all the preparations put together for the building of the great temple, Solomon's temple. And so he's going to give him his instructions and call him forth in front of the people and call him to courage. I want you to hear it. I'm going to read all the way through. If you'll just give me patience and just be with me here on this page. I'm going to start reading in 1 Chronicles 22, verse 2, and I want to read all the way through the end of the chapter. So again, if you'll just picture it, and then what we're going to do is turn to the New Testament and we're going to start drawing parallels. But I don't think we can appreciate our New Testament passage quite the same if we don't go here to begin with. So look at these words, verse 2, 1 Chronicles 22. David commanded to gather together the resident aliens who were in the land of Israel. And he set stone cutters to prepare dressed stones for the building of the house of God. Now, what was he going to build it with? Somebody tell me, dressed what? Stone. 
Somebody say it again. Stones. Stones. David also provided great quantities of iron for nails for the doors of the gates and for clamps, as well as bronze in quantities beyond weighing, and cedar timbers without number. For the Sidonians and Tyrians brought great quantities of cedar to David. For David said, Solomon, my son, is young and inexperienced. I want everybody to say that with me. Young and inexperienced. You know anybody like that? Say it one more time. And the house that is to be built for the Lord must be exceedingly magnificent, of fame and glory throughout all lands. I will therefore make preparation for it. So David provided materials in great, great quantity before his death. Verse 6. Then he called for Solomon his son and charged him to build a house for the Lord, the God of Israel. David said to Solomon, My son, I had it in my heart to build a house to the name of the Lord my God. But the word of the Lord came to me saying, you have shed much blood and waged great wars. You shall not build a house to my name because you have shed so much blood before me on the earth. Behold, a son shall be born to you who shall be a man of rest. I will give him rest from all his surrounding enemies for his name shall be Solomon and I will give peace and quiet to Israel in his days. He shall build a house for my name. He shall be my son and I will be his father and I will establish his royal throne in Israel forever. Pause there just a moment. I'll tell you something I hope you'll find is interesting. We're going to go um, throughout the rest of the reading in the chapter in just a moment, but stop here because it says, his name shall be Solomon and I will give peace and quiet to Israel in his days. There is a wordplay going on here. There is beautiful narrative art, especially in Hebrew, certainly in both languages um, in, the, um, in the scriptures, but the Hebrew art is gorgeous. And right here, there's a wordplay taking place. In Hebrew, Solomon's name would be pr pronounced, listen carefully to it, Shalomo, Shalomo. Not Solomon like we would say it, but if we were Hebrew and we were saying it like they would have said it, it would have been Shalomo. I'll say it in three distinct syllables so you'll hear it, Shalomo, but you kind of just run it all in together, Shalomo. Anybody? Everybody say it back to me. Shalom. Say it one more time. Shalom. Do you hear anything of Shalom in Shalomo? Because that is the play on words, because he's saying he will have peace in his lifetime, because the name Solomon means peace, and it means it in all the ways of Hebrew peace. When you and I think of peace, we think about cessation from all activity. We think about I'm um, just sitting still, completely tranquil. Um, we think about um, uh, all strife ceasing, almost being in a state of inactivity. That is not what Hebrew peace was all about. Um, Hebrew peace is peace like a river. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Not peace like a pond. It's peace like a river. It's a love peace. Um, it's the kind of peace that comes with wholeness, with prosperity of soul. Um, it is a word that means um, shalom and the name Solomon, shalomo, meant to be intact. And the reason why I bring this up is because somebody listening right now may be in pieces 
And I, I want you to know if, if you really need somehow for God to just like pull you together and pull you together into a group of people where you can know the kind of joy and the kind of fellowship that comes from the unity that we're going to see in the Word of God that God calls us to. Listen, you're in the right place in our present series. So pick this up with me as we see this Solomon, this one who will have a reign of peace. Verse 11, 1 Chronicles 22. Now, my son, the Lord be with you so that you may succeed in building the house of the Lord your God as he has spoken concerning you. Only may the Lord grant you discretion and understanding that when he gives you charge over Israel, you may keep the law of the Lord your God. Then you will prosper if you are careful to observe the statutes and the rules that the Lord commanded Moses for Israel. Look at, look at this next portion. Be strong and courageous. Fear not. Do not be dismayed. With great pains I have provided for the house of the Lord, 100,000 talents of gold, a million talents of silver, and bronze and iron beyond weighing, for there is so much of it. Timber and stone, too, I have provided. To these you must add. You have an abundance of workmen, stone cutters, masons, carpenters, all kinds of craftsmen, without number, skilled in working gold, silver, bronze, and iron. Arise and work. The Lord be with you. I want to say those words again. Arise and work. The Lord be with you. Would you repeat those words? Arise and work. The Lord be with you. We're almost done with the portion. Keep reading. Verse 17, David also commanded all the leaders of Israel to help Solomon, his son, saying, Is not the Lord your God with you? And has he not given you peace on every side? For he has delivered the inhabitants of the land into my hand, and the land is subdued before the Lord and his people. Now set your mind and heart to seek the Lord your God. Arise and build the sanctuary. Everybody say those words. Arise and build the sanctuary of the Lord God so that the ark of the covenant of the Lord and the holy vessels of God may be brought into a house built for the name of the Lord Arise and build the sanctuary. So here's what I want to show you. God has called his people into the building of a holy temple that has such a parallel to the majesty and the glory and the very presence of the Lord God in Solomon's temple, that it is stunning. And until we're looking back at it and drawing that parallel, we can't begin to appreciate what is happening in Ephesians chapter 2. I want you to go with me now all the way to the New Testament. Leave something here uh, in your Bibles in First uh, Chronicles 22. We'll come back and forth just a little bit. But primarily, we're going to stick around in Ephesians chapter 2. Two, you saw all the materials that it took, all the gold, all the silver, all the wood, all the stones. I want you to get every bit of the feeling of all that construction taking place as we draw four different parallels between Solomon's temple and the temple God has been building since the life, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to read to you Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. It says this, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone. Listen carefully to 21 and 22. This is so beautiful. In whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. 
Verse 22, in him you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. I want you to notice this whole series is about being built together, that there is something we become together that we could never be apart, that we were called as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, despite all of our denominations, despite all of our differences, if we share faith in the Lordship of Jesus Christ, we are being built into a holy temple for him to display his majesty and his glory. And I mean, this is just critical to our understanding to see that he is pulling us together so that in this gathering of believers, he can show his fame and majesty throughout the entire world earth. I want to remind you what it said in 1 Chronicles 22. Remember when he said, um, when David said to Solomon, the, the majesty of it, the fame will be worldwide. I mean, this will be one of the wonders of the world. We are meant to be that. We are meant to be a sight to behold, a place for the very presence of God, for the anointing of God, for the power of his word, for the deliverance of people bound, for the rescue of people that have been taken, lives that have been destroyed, to see what God would do on this earth if we would agree to be joined together into a holy dwelling place for his glory. I want you to see four parallels. The first one is obvious. We've been talking about it. We are being built together into God's temple. Number one, we are being built together, not just built. Everybody say built together. together. Say it one more time. We are being built together into God's temple. I, I want to throw out a few minutes of lesson in contrast. Um, sometimes we get the idea of what something is like by thinking what the exact antithesis of it would be. And God has a number of occasions in the word where he puts these contrasts in the same scriptures. Listen to Jeremiah 24, verse 6. Jeremiah 24, verse 6 says this. This is God speaking. I will set my eyes on them for good and I will bring them back to this land. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not pluck them up. I want to say that again. I will build them up and not tear them down. The opposite, I know this is obvious, but just work with me here. The opposite of him building up is tearing down. The opposite of being torn down is being built up. So just get those two contrasts in your mind. And under the inspiration of the Spirit, the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians 13.10, 2 Corinthians 13.10, For this reason I write these things while I'm away from you, that when I come I may not have to be severe in my use of authority that the Lord has given me for building up and not for tearing down. So the first one is what everybody says, I mean, building up, building up. and then there's what? There's what? And then there's, so here's what I want to just throw out to you. I, I believe we could clearly see two distinct camps in Christianity and then a cross section of the two. In Christianity, we have got those willing to be the builders and then those willing to be the terrors. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We got builders and we've got terrors. We've got people who will be part of building up the body of believers. And then we have got people that 
believe Christ is Savior. They are saved, they are redeemed, but everything about their lives is about tearing apart the fabric of their own body of believers. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And, and here is what I want to suggest to you. I want to suggest to you, when I say terrors, I'm not talking about T-E-R-R-O-R-S. However, that would not always be completely uncharacteristic. But I'm talking about builders and terrors, those that build up, those that tear down. And I just want to suggest to you that most of the time, people are trained up to be one way or the other. And I say this to any of us who are in any realm of servanthood where we are in front and where we lead. Um, in, in raising children, um, in being in any kind of environment where you are bearing influence in um, the things of God and the things of the scriptures. Let me tell you something. We'll be able to see a tendency one way or the other. Are we people that build up the body or are we people that continually tear it down? Because we will train up our children, train up our classes, train up our congregation, train those people that are under our influence to do exactly the same thing. And we're just cutting our teeth on one way or the other, and without question, we take up the same kind of habits. Well, Beth, I, I know you watch, and uh, I know you know that you are here on Wednesdays in the Word because of our desire to build up the body. No one knows that better than you. And you certainly know how many people try to tear it down by either dominating or intimidating if we don't do certain things the way certain people expect us to do it in certain religious settings. And a lot of people don't realize, but you can be trapped with uh, religious uh, idolatry and be in tremendous bondage and be tearing down the building up of the body of Christ. Beth and I and Betty, we're committed, as is Life Outreach, as is Living Proof, to building up the body of Christ. That's why Beth has said, uh, let's don't just have Wednesdays with Beth. Let's have Wednesdays in the Word. And let's get Christine and Lisa and Priscilla and others teaching because it's helped me, she said, and enabled me to help others. And uh, let's help them because they'll help us all. So we're trying to build up. That's what we do. Betty, it's what we do in our mission outreaches. Every single person that we get to interact with tells us that they have never found a greater joy than giving and sharing life and love in a visible, tangible way. Not loving in word only, but in deed. And that's what we do. And, and right here, I hold up a, a shoe that a businessman brought me years ago. And he said, I can get these shoes that are very expensive that people buy, but I know how to get them. And we can give them to children all over the world that don't have shoes. Would you like to do it? Well, of course we wanted to do it. But we can only do what our viewers want to do. So we brought them to you. And Betty, Christmas shoes and Christmas smiles, which went over so big with the missionaries, it went over big with you. So right here, way ahead of Christmas, we need to raise the funds, the gifts of love, to get 200,000 pairs of shoes and to give cleft palate surgery to as many children as we possibly can. The surgeries average about $500 a piece. Watch this very closely. I think you're going to be tremendously blessed. 
with what you see. Watch. Oh, that's awful. That is awful. I can't even imagine, you know, just walking around with this, this toe. There's all the dirt and the gravel. It looks so infected, I'm afraid it's gonna start creeping up his foot. And the thing about it is if he just had this shoe on, just the simple, the, the, the simple things that we take for granted, if he just had this shoe on his foot, this wouldn't have happened. One of the reasons these shoes are so important, walking barefoot, they can contract a lot of diseases. Uh, so, I mean, I'm looking at their feet right now and the toenails are completely gone. They feel like the bottom of your shoe probably does. This year, you helped Life Outreach provide food and water for children all over the world, and they're eternally grateful. This coming Christmas season, we'd like to put an extra smile on their face by giving them a pair of shoes for their very own. And for children who have difficulty smiling because of a cleft palate, doctors are available to perform corrective surgery, giving them a chance for a healthy life. Linda? Malini. Malini. There you go, Malini. This coming season, help us provide children Christmas shoes and smiles. Well, that puts a big smile on my face to know we can do those surgeries also. That was our grandson who graduated from Baylor this past spring and uh, went straight over to uh, the mission field, went right over to Angola. And I think many of you know that is the son, the oldest son, she has two and the daughter, but that's the uh, oldest son of our daughter that went to be with Jesus a couple of years ago. And you have prayed for me and Betty with so much love and we want to thank you for it, but that's her son. He's always had a, a missionary love and heart and uh, he is uh, coaching in a Christian school right now and, and what, a, what a blessing you are, Chris, thanks. And to all of you who watch, you know, Betty, I, I think that, that our viewers have to be excited seeing the, the need, that, that terribly diseased foot and knowing that a shoe will keep children that you and I have seen actually dying in hospitals from the disease they got by what they stepped on. Mm -hmm. And so we're asking you, please, right now, help us give 200,000 uh, pairs of shoes. They're 360 apiece, and $36 would uh, provide the 10, 144 would give uh, 40 children's shoes. I, I know there's a level, and, and please don't ever think that because your amount is smaller than what someone else does that it's less important. It may be the most important of all. It might be that somebody's watching and so I could just give one pair of shoes and that's great. It's important to that child. But whatever you can do, we're asking you to go online, lifetoday.org. Use your bank card like a check. If you want to write a check, by the way, make it to life and then mail it in. But do us a favor. If you're going to make it on a bank card and, and you'd like to call rather than go online, we'll call the telephone number there. And if you write a check, call us and tell us what you're sending. We need to know because we have to raise the funds. It's a considerable amount for 200,000 pairs of shoes and for all of the cleft palate surgeries we can do at 500 apiece. We're praying many people will give $1,000 and we'll be able to do two of those surgeries. But whatever you can do, you can go online or you can dial the number and use your bank card like a check. That's how you should always use them. And make the gift God enables you and leads you to make. Father, help each person watching today to simply follow your lead and know that the love they express never fails to accomplish the intended work that you have. Father, thank you so much for the love that is shared by our viewers.
in Jesus' name. I really do believe that you, you're not only an answer to the prayer I just prayed, but the prayers of many missionaries. And I want to thank you for going to the phone. I want to thank you for going online. We're going to send you the little uh, Christmas ornament. It's so beautiful. And if you make a gift of over $100, we'll not only send you the one for this year, but all the others that are boxed up like this. You'll have five of them. And uh, they become great conversation pieces when friends ask you, what is that? <laughs> Tell them where you got it. And by the way, don't forget the smiles. It was this smile that got me right here. And a lot of little children, they don't have a smile. They deserve one. And you know what? Miraculously in love, we can give them a smile. So if you can give one, do it. If you can give a couple of them or more, do it. And we thank you for that. Thank you so much for your gift. Poverty is a killer, and because of it, children needlessly suffer, not only from a lack of food and clean water, but also from a lack of things we take for granted, such as a healthy smile or a simple pair of shoes. For most of these children, they've never owned a new pair of shoes, and while that may seem minor in the light of all their needs, walking with bare feet puts them at risk of life-threatening infections that could lead to crippling consequences, disease, and even death. By responding today, you can help life immediately secure and begin shipping Christmas shoes to 200,000 children around the world just in time for the holidays. Your gift of $36 will help provide 10 pairs of shoes. A gift of $72 will help provide 20 pair. And a gift of $144 will help provide 40 pairs of Christmas shoes for children in need. With your gift of any amount, be sure to request this beautifully crafted green antique shoe ornament, a treasure to place on your tree each holiday season. With your gift of $100 or more, you may also request a special boxed set of life's Christmas shoe ornaments from past years. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,000 or more to help provide over 275 pairs of shoes or two children with corrective cleft palate surgeries. And you may request our beautifully framed canvas prints of the Forest Chapel. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. We literally stopped by the road where uh, I say we knew we would bring them shoes, and I'm confident that we will because children like these need shoes all over the world. And you know, it's amazing. You may say, why would they stop and let you take a picture with them? Well, the truth is they stopped because I just got out and sat down here on the road and smiled at them and they came over and started sitting down by me. Then we explained to the parents through our missionary interpreter that our plan was to come right back to this area, this village, and bring shoes. And so that is our intention, but it's gonna take you making that possible. And I'm asking you to give as many pairs of shoes as you can to put on these beautiful, beautiful feet of these beautiful children. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for your help. Betty and I say thank you so much for sharing the shoes and smiles for Christmas. And uh, just know that you are a tremendous blessing. And I hope you've told your friends about Robbie Zacharias being on this week. Encourage them to go. Also, stream.org. Haven't talked about it a lot this week, but it's the go-to place for us to go out of the darkness into the light. God bless you and thanks for watching. Thank all of you for being with us.
and I hear so much heartache going on in the world, and I think, do they know God? Tomorrow. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.